0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Spinning Thoughts Podcast. It is episode 38. I'm so stoked to be here uh, with with my friend, my best friend, I'd have to say. I don't know if he'd say the same about me. Everybody, uh, welcome back, co-host of the pod, Mr. Brandon Robertson. What up, B? Yo, man,
1: what's going on? I got a quick question. What happened to your self-esteem, man? You're not confident in that?
0: Well, you know I don't know, man I don't like to assume things yeah, I, I you know like to what happens to, when you assume I also like to hear the good things You know, so if I'm not assuming And I, you have to tell me Which you didn't tell me That, you know, we're, we're best buds I'm, I'm
1: skating around the, the fact here, bro
0: That's okay It's alright we, we also have another friend Who's joining us here On the podcast today um, We're really excited about it The band has got a lot going on A new album that was just released We're gonna get into a ton but before we do, please help us in welcoming Matt from the Millennium. Matt, what up, brother? Yo, Matt. Hey, what's up, guys? Feeling good? Feeling light? Oh, you better believe it. Hey, what's the weather like up your way? We've got a nice day here in Pittsburgh. It's sunny. It's like in the 50s. How's it feeling your way? Uh, To be honest with you, I think
2: it's about 35 degrees. It is sunny, which is nice, but yeah. it looks a lot warmer than it actually is. I'm in Wisconsin. though, spring likes to flirt for a while. Likes to be pretty coy. So it, yeah. it'll it'll show a nice a nice warm heart to you. Like yesterday, it was like in the 50s, and then today it's that cold again. But we can keep the beer outside at least. So that's that's a nice thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 alleviates the electric bill right from using the refrigerator exactly exactly uh so matt we're super thrilled to have you on the spinning thoughts podcast here today we've got a lot to cover so we want to dive into uh things with you right now so um we're gonna be talking about some amazing topics uh here today the brand new album that Mm -hmm. just dropped the upcoming release shows in support of this album emo night a brand new segment and much more but Before we move on to all that, let's just talk about some pretty recent news coming out of the Millennium Camp. On March 18th, the band tweeted, Be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. The post had three screenshots of a letter from Feather to fans. For those who do not know, and especially for those who do know and, and are wondering what's going on, can you bring us up to speed?
2: So yeah, about a month ago, Feather sat us down and, and let us know that his heart just wasn't uh, into this band anymore. I know that he's going to be continuing making music on his own, uh, but just as it was in the case, um, we had a previous member, a founding member, leave uh, about four months ago as well. Just as it was with them, I love all these guys so much. If somebody's unhappy doing what we're doing, uh, then I want them to continue forth with what with their life because if they're not hearts on it a hundred percent, then it's only going to bring down the group. And I only right. want people on the team that are a hundred percent committed to what we're doing moving forward.
0: Was there, I mean, was there a particular reason? I I know if anything, maybe we should be talking to him. I don't want you to speak for him necessarily, but was there a particular yeah. reason? I think that, um, I don't
2: think it was like a reason, like there wasn't like, uh, a fight or anything that happened
1: nothing personal not, you know, like there was there. nothing yeah, going no, on
2: yeah it's not a it's not a personal thing whatsoever i think that he just realized like at the state that our band is right now we're at kind of a, a crossroads of what we've been and what we're going to become and right now is honestly probably the best time for someone to get out if they wanted something
3: different yeah
2: because I firmly, I firmly believe in this record. I love this record. I think it's only going to take us to higher places than we've been in the past. And so if someone's not ready to buckle up for that journey, then it's, I think he realized the natural kind of turn of events to get out at this time before
0: shit really hit the fan and the wind took the sails. Right. And, you know, we're going to talk about the new album, which I think is really, really fantastic. It's It's been playing for me since it dropped on the 10th of March. We're going to talk more about it. Um, but, yeah, I do think that mm-hmm. that album is about to be the catalyst to a whole new uh, dynamic for the millennium. So and and the kind of commitment well, that, that exists and you. you're welcome, the, the kind of commitment that exists in any band, even if you're just doing it for fun in your garage to where the millennium is at, which is miles and miles and miles above that, um, the, the, the commitment <laughs> is extreme, you know, um, from writing, recording right. to press and just having that mind frame constantly, it is a huge commitment. What does this mean for the band, though? I I think that the, the biggest thing that I want to clear up that I'm sure the band wants to really establish is this is this is not a breakup for the band. Right. Absolutely not. Um,
2: and I will tell you wholeheartedly the what people love about the band Uh sorry my phone's going off i gotta turn that off okay (laughs) what i love about the band and what people love about the band is the content that we're creating the music videos the album if they love that that's not changing the main creative forces at work at the center of the millennium which has always been our first and foremost thought of the band like when we added members way back in the day i said music comes first that's the that is the crux of this band that is this, at the center of this group. I never want to be a band that relies on their looks or their hair to get any type of fame or popularity <laughs> at its very core. The, mu- the the music is still being made by the same people who have made it since the beginning. And at its core, that is not changing. In fact, I think only the creativity and the content that we're going to be creating in the future, is only going to get better because of less, I would say
0: conversations about what direction we're going Yeah, and uh, what we are doing. I also think Matt, a big component of the millennium and I, you might agree is the fans, the The fans are, are very, very loyal and very much into the band and, and that doesn't change that's growing. So if anything's going to kind of be the glue in this, uh, transitional period, it's probably the fans. Wouldn't you think? Exactly. And the really great part about where we're at right now is that,
2: um, We have this great core set of fans, which I'm eternally blessed to have right now. But still, if you look at a band on a larger scale, the majority of people who will hopefully be fans of us in the next five years still haven't heard of our band. Right. So right now, with the new record, nothing will ever change for them. I understand that it's hard for people who have known us in the past and come to shows because... When you support a smaller band, you're supporting the individuals a lot more. Yeah. Which I love. You know, like you're you're becoming more friends with these people and they're supporting you through that. But if you look at it on a larger scale, every band that you love, uh that's a huge band has had multiple member changes, but you probably didn't know that because you're right. you loved them at a point when they when they had a solidified lineup. So it's just a natural part. It's growing pains. That's what we keep saying is Growing pains and weathering the storm is what we keep kind of our inner monologue with people that are in the band right now is that this is just so natural and we can't forget that. You know, like in in the career of a musical group, these type of things are so natural and organic and they're going to happen and they will continue to happen as time goes on.
0: Absolutely. And
1: Matt, I just want to be 100 on this. Uh, th- it sounds like based on what you said, this is not like a collective decision for the band. This is something that Feather wanted and he committed to on his own. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. He he sat us down and told us. And
2: at that point, I'm not going to beg someone to stay. So right. He he decided to leave. And that's. at first, it was a shock. It was a, what the fuck are we going to do? But now, I honestly feel better than I've ever felt um, moving forward. So I feel so wonderful and proud of my guys. We've really stepped up and we've really started making moves to make the next journey just as great. It's not better. And
1: was there any period of time where it slowed your momentum down or, or, you know, because right now you feel better than you ever have. Why is that? Or how is that? How does that work? Uh, to be completely honest with you and
2: transparent, there was about a day when it <laughs> was like a kind of an aftershock. Yeah. But then the record was coming out and we had plans. And if we didn't, we had no time to think it was do, do, do for three weeks straight. I was up from the crack. I was probably up 12, 14 hours a day working on all this stuff to get ready to release the record. I had no, I had no time to think about what if, or what am I going to do? I just had to do what was planned that we had planned out. And so that doing all those things gave me really a lot of confidence moving forward that we would be just fine because we were able to achieve those things without them.
0: So all is good with the millennium. That's what I wanted to establish. All
2: is good. Uh, It was a little heartbreaking when, you know, when that statement was released, i got a bunch of text messages about, oh my gosh, the band's breaking up. And I was like, no, no, why why are you doing this? Like, why are you messaging me this? The message was only about one person and the band is, more than one person so i just want everybody to know the band's not breaking up things are better than they ever been it's we're only
0: poised for better and bigger things in the future so we're just pulling back the slingshot absolutely i i never got the vibe that this was any kind of uh conclusive you know kind of end for the band right and, and to kind of transition because look matt i love the millennium i love the the new album i want to start talking about yeah. all the great stuff that's going on right now we had to cover what's going on with feather and in that transition right. because it's so new and i think yeah. your fans really want to know and it's immediate right yeah and i think the fans wanted to know so we really do appreciate you elaborating so not long after the tweet from basically regarding feather did another tweet come from brandon the drummer stating in all caps the millennium is not dead, <laughs> right? So yeah, clearly. And, and I immediately retweeted because it's something that I wanted to say, but I tried to
2: not like subtweet, right? Uh, you know, and but I'm so happy he did it because I it was an instant retweet, it, and it, it needed see, to be said
0: did. because <laughs> everyone likes to lean to the worst case scenario, right? Um, so it needed. Well,
2: yeah, well, our culture our culture is set up for that, right? We. Are spoon fed the worst case scenario so that we watch T V more than we go outside and see that everything's okay. Like right.
0: that's we're spoon-fed that as humans. Right. So clearly this is not a breakup. The band is far from being dead. So with that said, Matt, let's talk about what's been making me and a lot all of your fans really feel alive for the last week and a half. So on March the tenth of this year, the band dropped its debut yep. full length album. But do we ever ask ourselves? Congratulations on this incredible, seriously incredible release. It's been out. Thank for, you so much. It's been out for almost two weeks now. Talk to me about how it feels to finally have it out there for your fans and the world to hear. Uh, Anybody who's close to me knows that this record was really tumultuous. The
2: process was. Um, it's been two and a half, three years in the making. And, it's kind of been what our lives have been leading up towards since this band started. We had an EP. However, immediately after we released the EP, we said that we wanted to do a full length. And so we started working and it's been hard relationships. When you're in a band relationships change over time, the way that you work together changes over time. And so this album was, it's very joyful experience. Experience to make we were very happy making it but at the same time it was a very stressful and strenuous process and i was telling everybody leading up to it i was so emotional the night it came out because it felt the best way i could say it is like it felt like i was passing like a kidney stone like until it came out (laughs) yeah it like it like hurt more and more and was more stressful more weight more stress more stress and when it was released it was just like this euphoric release uh and it was really emotional for me and um because this record i think something the millennium does really well and what i like to do is our songs are pop songs at its core they're pop songs they sound like pop songs they're easy to listen to they're fun to listen to you can turn them up when you're driving in the summertime however there are multiple layers consciously there are multiple layers and we put that in on purpose um where it sounds like a pop song, but there's are, there are deeper meanings that you can keep going and going back to listening again and again and find ties to the old records and the old songs and just lyrical themes and motifs that are really deep and honestly quite sad. They sound so happy, but most songs are really about depression, anxiety, and like yeah. substance abuse. <laughs> so um, I'm so happy that people like it because it's like putting my heart and soul on a canvas. And so the fact that people are accepting of it and they love it is just, it's so deeply satisfying.
1: How long did you work on it? You said it's a tumultuous experience. How long was that stress hanging on you?
0: Um, you were saying what, about two and, two and years? a half years?
2: Two and a half, three years. So we became, uh, we released our first EP, it's so much familiar with two. February twenty third of uh, twenty fourteen. So it had been three years since that, and since that, the summer following May and June following that February, we've wanted to make a full length. But like the song still in the running was actually written for that first EP that right. got
0: trashed. Right. So we've been writing this CD for three years. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I could only imagine what it feels like now that it's out there, this weight off of your shoulders and, and Brandon and I being musicians and artists ourselves, you know, the one of the sole reasons that you do what you do is because you want to share it with the world. You want other people to hear it. And now it's out there and people are totally digging it. I certainly am. It's, yeah. It, it's honestly brightened up my life the last 11 days or so. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, now, Matt, walk us through the creative process of making this album. How does the band approach writing individual songs and then create an album from it? Is there a hierarchy or is it fully collective with the band? Um, so our band actually started, um, our first EP was
2: written by me and Kyle Culver, who's a past member but still very actively uh, involved in the group, I would say it's kind of like a Tom Denny day to remember thing. If you're familiar with that kind of uh, yep. relationship, yep. where he left he left the band because he wanted to get a full time job, you know, have a family, do his do the regular life thing. He didn't really like touring, but he still, you know, like I've been writing with him for it'll be eight years this July since we wow. wrote our first EP ever, way back when he was still sixteen. So like we've been working together for so long. Um, and the creative process really is me and Kyle Culver. That's kind of what it comes down to. He will throw. Very interesting. He's constantly, crea- he's constantly creating. Um, it's actually really incredible. Uh, his mind eludes me all the time. He's like the smartest and dumbest
0: person I ever met all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of my co host here, Brandon.
1: Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Quite the backhanded compliment there. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah I just. I. I know he won't listen to this because he never listens to anything other than what he wants to listen to. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for not wanting to listen to
3: this. (laughs) (laughs) So
2: so essentially, like, if I could use, like, a metaphor, like, the best way to describe it is Kyle Culver Culver will, like, throw shit at the wall. And then I will, like, edit it per se or, like, choose things that I like about it. And then we will formulate that into, like, a rough structure of a song. So he'll give me four songs that'll end up being like one song. What's that kind of structure? Yeah. Um, Why isn't he like producing or something? He is. That's what that's, that's kind of his game plan now is that he's been producing locally. here. Okay. We both live in the same town. Um, And that's always been a passion of his. I don't think he realized it until he realized he didn't want to tour. Like maybe the production side of things was really where he wanted to shut. And he's an incredible producer i mean like i'm saying he's he produced our first ep in his bedroom that sounds really great not the one we released <laughs> millennium but I'm, I'm talking when he was 16 and i met him at a bonfire because we were both the douches with guitars playing Wonderwall. the
3: wall yeah and we're like I, the next day we that was up, me and like, brandon the record
2: <laughs> yeah so he's been making really great stuff and all self-taught he's his brain is really really great and He's never afraid to push the bill creatively and not give a fuck about what anybody thinks, which is really, really great. You never want to be in a situation where you feel like you have to write something for somebody else. That is terrible. Um, But fortunately, when we write songs, they come out as pop songs. So it really helps us out. I think it's important. I'm not uh, sure if I answered your question. I really went off on a tangent. I'm not
0: sure <laughs> if I answered. Typically, Matt, I'm the one who's going off on these digressions and tangents. So, I I'm okay if you take that role <laughs> in this episode, but actually, I think it was a great explanation. Um, you act you told me something yeah. I I wasn't up to speed on. I try to do as much research as possible going into these interviews, but but the dynamic yep. in the writing process with with you and Kyle is actually quite in my opinion, rare. I think that it is rare. Think about it. He's a past member of the band. He didn't really dig the whole touring thing, um, but still has a, a decently pivotal role in the band. I think that's amazing. That's great.
2: Yeah. And I'm, and our understanding of the dynamic is super important. And our communication is better than I've ever experienced with any, either like past girlfriend or other friends. Like he's truly, we have a, like some people say you can't be best friends with like your best working relationship but I would disagree I think that he's like my best friend uh and that really works out like I've never loved somebody like I love Kyle Culver because I hate
0: him so much as much as I love him. (laughs) this is maybe Matt the truest definition of a bromance can we go there we can go there, dude. We, his birthday was last Friday. We totally
2: kissed
0: him the mouth when it was midnight. <laughs> hey, happy belated birthday, Kyle. Hope yeah. it was awesome for you. Um, <laughs> I, I think that that's a really cool uh, dynamic that the band has. The album turned out fantastic, so kudos to everyone involved. Uh, Matt, I'm hoping you can elaborate on the meaning and the message behind the album and, and, and maybe give me some insights on the title. Why is it called? But do we ever ask ourselves what what's the whole kind of uh, package behind all that?
1: This is the kind of shit that interests me the most when a release comes out is is to get in an artist's mind about why it's written and why it's worded the way it's worded or, you know, so let's hear it.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be honest. When I first when Kyle Culver, he texted me, I remember exactly where I was. I was on the corner of uh, Highway 12 and 3rd Street in Altoona, Wisconsin. I got a text message. That said, I have the record title. Uh, let it flow through you because you're not going to like it at first. It's. Do we ever ask ourselves? And immediately, I said, I hate that. <laughs> and he <laughs> said, Give it time. Give it why, time. Take before it you time.
0: move on, Matt, why didn't you like it originally? I'm curious.
2: Uh, it just sounds really. It's very, very vague, and it's very wordy. Yes, and I yeah. think if you're going to be wordy, it shouldn't be bad. <laughs> um, but, Good point. But so I sat on it. And um, at the time we were practicing, our band practiced and wrote an hour away from where we live. So we both live in the same hometown. And then everybody else in the band lives in like the Minneapolis, St. Paul area. And we live in Wisconsin. So every weekend we were driving, like after our work, we would drive. Uh, for the weekend. So we, Kyle Culver and I had an hour or two every weekend to talk about what was going on and like digest the information after the weekend and like to prepare ourselves before writing on the way there. And when we started talking about it, the purpose of the title is to be vague because I want people to ask themselves whatever it is they need to ask themselves. It's not the purpose of the record is to create some type of internal dialogue with yourself. Because I think that in our age of social media consumption and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all we're really doing is reacting and not asking ourselves, well, why do I like that? Or why does that make me upset? Because when you start asking those questions, what it turns out in my experience is that you end up changing things about yourself because a lot of the things that you're annoyed with from other people, are things that you do yourself. And that's why it's annoying to you. Interesting. Uh, At least in my experience. Um, And so, but do we ever ask ourselves is intentionally vague because it has to be, because the questions that someone may be asking themselves are different for everybody. Why am I doing this? Is it worth it? Those type of crossroads, crossroads in life type questions are so important yet I think so undisclosed in our generation like I said before we're all simply reacting we're liking and loving and retweeting <laughs> and sharing yep but but all we're doing is is just forwarding information out to the world we're not even like consuming it fully. right it's all just recycling we're just going, we're just going that's bullshit. <laughs> but that's just a react that's a that's a one second reaction no one's going well, why is that bullshit to me? Right. What do I believe in that counteracts what they believe in? And I think we've lost that inner monologue as a generation. And I think it's so sad and it kind of adds onto this stipulation that the millennial generation is like ignorant and naive and have things handed to us. But I understand where the older generations are coming from because we've been spoon fed everything our whole life and all we're doing is regurgitating liking or trashing everything there's no type of redeeming value within no cycle of thoughts that would possibly change our minds we're not willing to change our minds and i pride myself on the fact that i can be very flexible and change my mind uh and i that's one of the things i love about myself and i think more people need to do that and discuss things and have conversations real conversations and i don't think it happens enough
0: uh and and matt off the air you were telling me and brandon what your favorite track is off the album and and we're gonna we're going to talk about that and play that song here in a moment. But a slightly different song, and it could have a different outcome, is not what your favorite track is off the album, but what song are you most proud of? It may be the same song, and I haven't said what the song is yet, but what song are you most proud of off the new album, but do we ever ask ourselves?
2: Um, it's actually a different song, which is interesting. I never actually thought about that. What I'm most proud of on the album is probably "Midnight Bones," which is our lead single.
0: Yep, great song. It's the
2: first time. Thank you. Uh, it's the first time that we had a lot of trouble writing the lyrics, and I knew I had all I had was like a story and a situation that I had experienced, but I didn't have. We were trying to be as least cryptic as possible. A lot of our lyrics can be taken seven different ways depending on your perspective. <laughs> yeah. Um but Midnight Bones we really thought that the song sounded like a wonderful pop single and we wanted the lyrics to reflect that and be very easily relatable, if not relatable to tell a story. Uh and so it was really tough, it was a real challenge lyrically and as a songwriter because honestly, the most of the words in that song are picked apart piece by piece over every word took like two or three minutes to figure out a lot of the time. Some things would flow off like the lyric. Um, we put on devil and God and found ourselves to the sound of the sadness uh, in the second verse. That one I had had in my back pocket for a while. That's just something I had in my phone that I want, that I came up with one day that I really wanted to put in a song. So like things like cascade off of when you come up with like a course like that, things will cascade and snowball from that, which is really great as a songwriter. They kind of write themselves, but there were parts of this song, like the second half of the first verse that probably took three, four hours to write in the studio. Um, Our, our producer, Austin Iberl is like our right hand man. Like if you look at the album credits, he has as much credit writing the record as anybody else. Um, He's always been a huge part of the writing process. And I love that he's part of the Millennium Sound just as much as I am or Kyle Falver is.
0: Yeah. It's important.
2: Um, We've been working with him for a really long time and I don't think I'll stop working with him until he fails me and he has yet to. <laughs> and the nice thing about the nice thing about working with a producer over and over like that is that everyone gets better in yes. the in the downtime that yeah. you're not working together immediately. Everyone gets better at what they they're
0: best at. And so it's been really wonderful. But you all grow and evolve together and and, and, and it keeps the what the challenging part with a band is keeping a consistent sound while still exploring the diversity within you. And so I think that the dynamic you have set up right now, you have Kyle who's kind of writing behind the scenes. you got a producer who's been with you from the start. We, we've got, obviously, you doing a lot of the workload here. Um, having that that yeah. very rare dynamic, I think, is going to create a, a longevity for the band that, that a lot of bands actually don't get to experience. Um, so... Uh, it's a phenomenal. I really
2: hope so. I I love duos, like I love like Peter Gabriel and uh, and Phil Collins duos, like that, like pop duos. Right. So they can they have their own career separately, but then they can come together and make something great. That's really something that I would really strive for, and I think that Kyle Culver... Is not, I'm not gonna. T- I'm not gonna tell you. I'm gonna be the next fucking Phil Collins. That would be terrible. <laughs> like I would never predict that. I would never predict that for anybody. I stand truly by the sense that only be told what you are never yeah. tell someone who you are there you go because then you're just a dou- then you're just a
3: douche <laughs> <laughs> so you're like
2: oh yeah I just, I just make great records all the time man i'm just a douche at that point yeah so i try to just let people tell me what i am but a lot of my influences come from like pop duos like that where they work together as a team and they have separate projects and stuff like that i i don't even make he's my whole life it's the only thing
0: I've ever found in my life worth keeping around, other than
2: Kyle Culver and my friend Brandon that I,
0: re- that I referenced earlier. Right, absolutely, absolutely. So, Matt, what we want to do is, since we just talked about the song off the album you're most proud of, we want to transition yeah. now into the, your favorite song off of the album and, and treat our listeners, although they've listened to it, I'm sure, a thousand times, we want to treat our listeners with playing <laughs> a song in its entirety. So uh, according to you, Matt, your favorite song off the album is Of All Things. Yeah, it is. It's my favorite song off the record. a 100%. We're going to talk about why it is here in a moment. But let's, let's jam it out yeah. here so we know what we're talking about all together collectively. Okay, you down with that? Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Brandon, what you think? Let's rock. All right, everybody. So please enjoy off of the debut album debut full-length album from the millennium but do we ever ask ourselves it is the track of all things enjoy
3: bed I put together under pressure you were the main event in the lion's
0: So that was of all things off of the debut full-length album, but do we ever ask ourselves by the millennium. Now Matt, this is your favorite track off of the album. Talk to us about why that is the case. Uh, I think
2: for me, and maybe I'm biased, but for me this is one of the songs that I really took uh a stronghold lyrically, like it's pretty much uh, 100% probably 90-100% my lyrics. Um, for this song in particular, just because it's for me, it's a summary of the last two and a half years of my life, which has been up and down roller coaster. Just, I mean, pretty much like anybody's life in their mid twenties. But the fact that I was able to put it on a canvas really speaks true to me. And, and I remember the last lyrics in the song are of all things, I'll soon tired. Um, which is also an album by one of my favorite bands, Joyce Manor. Which is that's on oh, purpose. Yeah, I don't yeah. want people to think I stole it or anything like that. Um, that was on purpose because I used to listen to this record with uh, the girl I was with at the time. That's kind of like a little little hint hint right. at, at that. She probably hates me for it. But <laughs> I remember I came up. So um, so when we were writing, we, we'll have like separate ideas sometimes. But when we really started putting together the record, we went up to Grand Marais, Minnesota, which is 20 minutes from Canada. And... We went to um, Kyle's grandma's cottage on, on a lake up there. Totally no cell service for, like, 30 minutes in any direction. Totally removed ourselves from reality for, like, 10 days, right? Uh, I would recommend doing that, by the way. It's incredible. Yes. Uh, and so I remember there's no nothing around her cabin. I mean, we're in the middle of basically nowhere. Like, there's more moose around her than, like, people. And so we <laughs> were um, – so I remember we. this is the first song that we actually demoed out up there and I was sitting on the dock and every day I like went for a swim instead of showering. I just like swam in the lake because I, I don't know, I was just being natural for the week. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. so and so um, and it was our first day there. It was our first demo we made and I remember hearing the end of the song. Like I went out and he's like, okay, I'm just going to kind of mix a little bit. Just playing it through and I could hear it at the end of the dock so I was jumping in and I remember this moment so colorfully in my mind, I didn't want to jump in. And I, and I started asking myself, okay, so why don't I want to jump in right now? Because when you have no cell reception to tweet about anything, you start asking yourself questions because <laughs> you have nothing to say to anybody else. You just start asking yourself. Talking well, why to yourself. Yeah. I yeah. And so I, I came to the conclusion that I was afraid of the cold, even though I had jumped in the lakes a hundred times plus before and it never hurt me. I was so afraid of the cold. And I heard this last this last bit of the song come in, and I just remember like all of a sudden it was like a light bulb moment where it was like, of all things, I'll soon grow tired. Like even I know it's going to be cold, but I'll get used to it, and like I will change, my body will change, my brain will change, if I I just gotta dive in sometimes. And I remember jumping in with that thought, and it was like, the beginning of the Matrix when Neo like comes out of his like his like pod, and he's like. His whole reality is like different when he comes out. That's how it felt. I was so like, was so cold. And I came out of the water and it was like, oh my God, I had this huge epiphany. And it was, it was incredible. And that's why it's my favorite song on the record, because it's a total summary of the last two and a half years of my life, including things that I've learned, things that I've loved and things that I've lost. And I can see every emotion when I listen to it. Maybe it's just for me. But for me, it just sounds like a saga. It sounds like the right. end of something, but the beginning of something else. And that's what I love about
0: it. I, I think that the the tracks off the album speak to the fans, and that's why it's been so highly received so far. And it's only been, it hasn't been two weeks yet. I think it'll be two weeks on this Friday. Um, so yeah. uh, it is a great track. I am so glad that we got to talk about it and really get some insight from you on why it's your favorite. Um, that's what, the best, dude. Yeah. What what I want to know? What was that, Brandon? Go ahead.
1: I said that's the best when you're able to get insight from an artist on why a song they wrote is their. Fa-. I mean, this that, that's fantastic. I love being able to talk about that kind of shit. So thanks for giving us that insight.
2: Well, absolutely. I, I'm happy to be. I'm an open book, and unfortunately, I I feel better when I talk about things. So that's
0: I love. Well, it. that's why uh, you I'm must love podcasts. Uh, you you know the, you. This is the opportunity to talk, right? That's all this is. So. Um, this is a good myth. Yeah,
2: I think that long form, long form media has kind of lost its allure to a lot of people in my generation and younger, especially younger. I work at a skate shop.
3: Yeah, oh yeah. So
2: all I see are these 14, 15 year old kids who literally are Snapchatting their lives away and not remembering a thing for themselves. Uh, and I think long form media, I, I truly believe that long form media will make a. Uh, triumph and return you matt you're trying to he say said, that
0: the spinning thoughts podcast is going to be the reason we're on the cutting edge is that of what this you're return? trying to say that that we're paving the way for the future yeah basically you and time <laughs> magazine are going to be the future perfect that's what wow that's really great matt you you didn't have to say that we didn't pay him to say that this is organic as shit we're <laughs> not
1: we're not prying
0: that out of you it, You know, we weren't jumping organic. to conclusions nothing not mincing your words <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> hey um no i i agree look 140 characters singles we, everything's so quick and easy and easily accessible that yeah i think that we all get nostalgic from time to time everything comes full circle and um this is a great platform absolutely uh to really hear from you matt yeah man we're digging it yeah
2: i believe in cycles i i tweet that probably once a week but i truly I believe in cycles. I think everything that goes around comes around. You tweet uh, it once a week. Is that on purpose? Because
1: it makes it cyclical. Then,
2: uh, Brandon, no. But that's a good <laughs> joke. No,
1: I was wondering. Did you plan that, or it's just,
2: it's just when I when I feel it? I, I when I see a representation of a cycle, I will tweet it. You know, because I think it's really important for people to know that it's not the end of the world. The world's not, I hear so often all the time about how the world is ending. And I just want to wring their throats and be like, no, things have been much worse. They will also get worse, but things have been much better and yeah. will be better than now as well. So just hunker down, do your best always, yes. and just live your life for you.
0: That's yeah. all you can do. Have to. I also like, Matt, that you you can tell the difference between mine and, and Brandon's voice. I mean, with conviction, you knew that that was him talking to you. I love it. Sometimes it's challenging for us when we're talking to bands and we get multiple band members on. For us to keep track of who's yeah. who. You're not struggling at all.
2: No, uh, I actually worked like two years of telephone customer service, worst two years of my life. Career-wise. No. <laughs> uh, so I'm very good. Telephone conversations are very much my strong suit, especially when it's not somebody yelling at me about their Time Warner cable box being gone in Hurricane Sandy. <laughs> then I'm really doing, I could do way better than I could help them.
0: I could only imagine. Uh, hey, Matt, uh, we want to talk very briefly, very quickly here um, because we're having a great conversation. And we still have a, a little bit that we want to cover. But um, something really exciting to, to kind of piggyback off of the debut full length album uh, dropping on March 10 is the band is going to have not one, but two Release shows slash parties, yeah, in support of the new album. So one will be in Chicago on March thirty first. The yep. other will be in Minneapolis on April first. Why are you? Yep. Why are you having two shows in two different cities? Curious.
2: Truthfully and transparently, both those
0: cities have felt like home for different reasons
2: for us over the last three years. Um, so they've earned Minneapolis. It. I've been playing it. They've earned it. I've been playing in Minneapolis for the last eight years as a singer and as a musician. Um, And so it feels a little different than Chicago where they really started supporting us as the Millennium. And so Minneapolis, it's like, I have a lot of friends coming out, family, stuff like that. Uh, And Chicago is like, I just love Chicago, man. Our last show we played in Chicago was um, the night the Cubs won the World Series. Uh, And people were... And I don't blame them. Very distracted during our set, and like the the night took like numbers cuts for. I mean, again, I don't blame them. Chicago Cubs winning the World Series was a huge deal, and it was one of the most fun I probably ever had. Was it packed? I imagine it was just fucking
1: slammed at every every venue, every bar, Uh, every everything. So
2: so yeah, the. there was like forty people at the stage, but like hundred and fifty people at the bar. <laughs> so like no one, no one like cared about the music. And again, I don't hold that against them. Yeah, if, you if can't. If the Packers were in the Super, if the Packers were in the Super Bowl, I wouldn't give a shit about anything <laughs> either. And this is an even more. This is a more extreme version of that. It way is way more extreme because the Packers and, have uh, actually had the- winning
0: seasons in the past. Exactly, exactly. so I totally
2: get it. It's a familial thing in
0: Chicago. It runs in their blood.
2: I'm just so blessed to be able to share that experience with them and that's that's my takeaway from it. I'm, I don't hold anything against them. Are the shows been in Chicago for a lot of great
1: I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry no, 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 go ahead.
2: Uh, a lot of my great musical experiences in this band have taken place in Chicago. Uh, uh, one of our first encores ever was in Chicago. The first time people sang back our lyrics were in Chicago. A lot of our core fans, as a fan, our most loyal fans, exist in Chicago. We can't forget about them. And a lot of people in Chicago have driven to Minneapolis to see us play when we didn't have a Chicago date. That's an eight-hour drive.
0: Yeah, that's that's no joke, yeah.
2: Um, so we've always felt like Minneapolis and Chicago were our homes for different reasons.
0: And so we want to do
2: two dates because both cities have really earned a CD release show, and we're really looking to do – you know, something different to make them better shows than they've experienced in the past or different than they've experienced uh, with the millennium in the past. It's really going to be a celebration of everything we've done before and moving forward. And I'm so excited, especially to play these songs, a lot of these songs live, because when you, you make a song on the record, you're making them a different, you're making it like one step at a time and you're not fully realizing the record, all the song all at once. And so I'm so, so excited to play these songs full out. And I know it's going to be a really emotional night for everybody. Um, For me, just playing these songs that are my blood and sweat and tears on stage is such a cathartic experience. It always has been. And I cannot wait to feel this in front of a crowd. And with Feather leaving, it's going to be even more emotional. Yeah, Um, It's just going to be a big night for everybody. So I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. We've been practicing so hard to be the best band we always try to be a better band than the last time you saw us. And so I really hope that we can do that this time around as well. And I, I think we've put a lot of work into making sure that's, that goes the right way.
1: Matt, are the shows going to be different from Chicago to Minneapolis?
2: Uh, they could be. I'm going to leave that up to the fans to find out. <laughs> uh, they can buy tickets and they, they can come to the shows. We've Good been, answer. We've been scheming. We've been scheming some things. So I'm not going to give it all away. Good, There's good no answer.
0: Good answer. We like to test the bands every once in a while with some questions to see how far you'll go into detail. Uh, good good answer, though. Uh, look, check it out on uh, March 31st in Chicago. For specific details, obviously, you got to check out the Millennium on Facebook and Twitter and all that. And then on April the 1st in Minneapolis. That's right. It's going to be amazing. Um, if it wasn't such a trek for, for us, Matt, Brandon and I, would be there but we'll catch us soon um matt i want to real oh, quickly sure. i want to real quickly talk about something that i think is super exciting um for the scene for like the pop punk scene uh emo scene whatever genres you really want to throw into this mix um so you're gonna be involved with emo night in st paul minnesota on april the 20th 420 for th- 20, bro yeah <laughs> for those who aren't familiar yeah trust
2: me. I felt it felt weird. It it felt weird asking off for 420. <laughs> I was like, this is, I work at a skate shop, and to ask for 420 is like asking off to just go get super high with your friends. Right. It's so transparent, but I'm like, I don't even smoke weed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, for those who aren't familiar, what is emo night all about? Emo night is
2: a celebration of I would say probably the music scene from 2004. 2010 uh i personally that's when i really got into music before i was ever in a band like i mentioned earlier i was a huge nerd had no friends i had great grades Uh, and then i found a band called blink 182 who i think people have heard of before
1: Nah. and
2: my (laughs) life my life (laughs) thank you brandon my life totally changed um honestly overnight Within six months of finding Blink One Eighty Two and having pretty much no friends except for one or two, uh, my grades started failing. But I had friends. I was going out. I was prom king, and I wanted to be. It is so like great Mr. to be Luna, in your presence. I listen. I know royalty is tough to deal with, but <laughs> here we are. Uh, so like music has that era of music really changed my life, and I cannot wait. You just play songs that I love. That I, the thing about emo night that's cool is that everybody's there for the same reason. It's they're there to have a good time and listen to music that they may have forgotten about or that they will never forget about. And so it's a really cool opportunity, especially with like um, like Will Pugh from Cartel is headlining the night. Yeah, how nuts, so dude! Really I love cool
0: Cartel. Th- dude,
2: I think Cartel is one of the best best bands of the scene. In the last ten years, I, they have influenced me so much with his vocals. I was gonna say also, you
0: actually uh, really do remind me of Will from Cartel in, in the in the approach to singing, um. Which oh man, yeah, that is
2: that is too much, man. That's, I mean it. I
0: appreciate that so much. You're very welcome. I mean it. Uh, uh, what a great opportunity, though, huh? Yeah, you know
2: what? It it just kind of pulled together organically. I got a
0: call from someone who.
2: It, it comes back to who you know because emo night minneapolis is pretty much is still in its infancy right uh and a buddy i used to play shows with back in like 2009 hit me up because now he's like he's a promoter and he's been booking these emo nights in minneapolis and he's like hey man i just i heard your record's really great i'd love for you to hop on as like an opener for this emo night and i'm like hell yeah man i would love that and it's like it's five minutes from one of my best friends' houses, so it's going to be just a night to remember. It's going to be really fun. I cannot wait.
0: I love the idea of those. They're 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 starting to spread. To I was different just going to ask,
1: do they do these in different cities? I know th- I've heard of an
0: email night here in Pittsburgh. Too. La, they. I think it started in La, if I'm correct. I think they've trickled their way into I Pittsburgh. Actually,
2: uh, okay, so I actually know a little bit about this because I'm really good friends with Mike Fishkin, who. Um, yeah, he has a uh, for Adobe radio. Yeah. He DJs at the Riv. He does Gone Fishkin on Adobe. And you guys um, were on, on his show not DJs too long traffic.
0: ago, I think, right? What was that? You were on his show recently, were you not?
2: Yeah, that is correct. Um, we've always been really grateful with those Adobe people, and they've always helped us out um, with, like, debuting stuff. So, I, I hands out to them. They've always supported us wholeheartedly, and it's been so amazing. But um, – yeah, email, so Mike was telling me one day, because I, I called him and asked him. I said, okay, I have this DJ set. What the fuck do I do? I'm not a DJ. Uh, and he was like, and "So," but he didn't tell me what to do. He just gave me a huge spiel about how Emo Night LA was the first one, right? And so then other like Emo Night LA started popping up in the LA area. And like there was a lawsuit or something. But now Emo Night is like a, a free domain thing like there's it's emo not Nights trademarked by anybody no but emo night la is but that was the issue was that people were using emo night la as a as like they that's how they're promoting their event um but like emo night la is like that's the top dog oh yeah you can do emo night la like from first, from first to last first show back with sonny Moore. Was at EmoNet LA. Like that's an incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> incredible right. Incredible opportunity. You're, I yep. wish I could have been there.
0: Yeah, I I remember seeing that. Uh, I loved from first to last, and, and Sonny Moore. Hey, Matt. Li- actually, oh, yeah. just in case the the kids listening don't know who Sonny Moore from from first to last is, who what might they know him as?
2: Okay, this is this pisses me off all the time. <laughs> right now he goes grilling. And he just fucking samples YouTube videos and <laughs> yeah. stuff. But, dude, Sonny Moore has been around for so long. So long. In a band called From First to Last, who I found on Pure Volume. It's, for dude, those you don't know. Pure, Pure Volume, Volume? That was Where my shit. Music... <laughs>
0: yes, Old dude. Tool. Pure Volume was huge. Pure Volume and MySpace were like how I found all these bands. I was just going to say that. 20. That is how I found everybody. On
2: 420. Dude there's no service like it i i feel bad for kids now because the only way they can find bands is if bands pay for them to be found A- because of the advertisements on twitter and facebook myspace you would just look at your bands that you had found yeah then you look at their friends uh like their top eight look to those bands and you found so many bands that way
0: yeah. And you also found Tom a lot. To... Tom was in a lot of top eights, you know? He
1: really was. I never understood right. that. Tom he's a lo- yeah. he's
0: a lonely guy actually, nowadays, but he was super popular in the early 2000s. I yeah. really, <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg I really shit on that guy a long time ago. <laughs> if Tom's out there, I just
2: want him to know that I miss our friendship and I love... <laughs> Be friends I'd follow be friends. follow matt on twitter <laughs> uh yeah, tom I mean. if you're <laughs> follow listening on twitter tom i
0: miss you buddy you're <laughs> on my number one for so long oh my god hey matt real quick uh are do you do you have an idea of what you're going to be playing like the songs or bands you're going to be playing for emo night on 420 in uh uh minneapolis yeah st paul dabbling. which one is it they're, they're twin cities bro I, uh, yeah
2: uh, I, I believe it's titled Emo Night Minneapolis, there we but go. it is in St. Paul.
0: Okay, all right.
2: Uh, but uh, I'll tell you, what, Minneapolis is a lot more of a fun word to say. And I think that's It what is. With it. Does uh, it piss so, you
1: off when people say <laughs> Minneapolis? That drives me nuts. I'm not even Who's from on? there, and people say no, no, Minneapolis. No, no. Like, like, in, like Indianapolis. Like they say Minneapolis.
2: No, what pisses me off is when I say Minneapolis, people say, oh, Indianapolis, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Go fuck yourself. I'm from Minneapolis. Okay, so uh, some things are gonna be spinning. I love the band Brand New, and I love the <sighs> record Your Favorite
0: Weapon. Yeah, and I seriously. think that
2: people forget that Your Favorite Weapon exists. Like seventy times seven, great track. Dude, Law, Smasher, Abroad, Dude, great track.
0: Seventy uh, times seven, I love.
2: Oh man, it got me to some hard stuff. Forever Six Kids, I love that underdog alma mater record. We're gonna be playing some of that. We're playing some Under Oath, Norwich uh, and Saving, and also Define the Great Lines. We're also going to be playing some We the Kings, Check It's Juliet, great songs like that. You can, Good Charlotte probably will make an appearance. Uh, I have a extensive music library on my old iPod that I have been going through and then adding things on Spotify for like a test playlist. That's just how I've been doing it. It's like my top played on my old high school iPod. I've been like looking at and trying to find
0: i'll play a list. i so feel like you and that, me matt ex- are very similar in musical tastes um i, I have two things to say and then we're, we've are we got to move on number one i would recommend That's you fine. play the used the use is one of my favorite of the of that time frame
2: okay can, can i just say that the use the use made me want to be a singer burt mccracken made me want to be a singer when i heard taste of ink
0: i said i want to be a singer dude me that's how, that's me, too. me too me too it was you... not
1: Burt Bacharach right I just want to <laughs> your... always
0: always makes the joke because I've t- I've told Brandon so much about the used and, and Burt McCracken and he always goes Burt Bacharach well,
1: <laughs> well I'm like Burt Bacharach and, and Ange thought I was talking about Burt McCracken I'm like who the fuck's Burt McCracken so turns out there is Burt <laughs>
0: McCracken now so that's like an ongoing joke um I love the used I really do no uh, man
2: I love the use. I think anything past their, their second record, though, has been horse shit for me. I had a countdown on my MySpace page for Lives for Liars. Yes. Yeah. And the release date. I bought it at Best Buy at midnight, and it was such a letdown. I have not listened to them since. Was it as big of a letdown as waiting
1: 14 years for Chinese democracy from Guns N' Roses to come out that fucking blew? 14 years? That sucked.
2: Yeah, Brandon, 14 years spent, what? What were you waiting for? A new Guns N' Roses record? I think that's a larger issue than how bad the record was. Well, I mean,
1: (laughs) 14 years, it came out when I was like, I don't know, 20... Three maybe uh, or whatever it was. So I was actually only waiting like three years, but Matt, if true you, Guns N' Roses fans waiting
2: fourteen. If you are, I apologize for the shade. I apologize
0: for the shade. No, no. Look, if you were an animal, you'd be my spirit animal. I mean that that's fucking awesome. Good for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other the other thing I wanted to say, and I'm just gonna say it, and we're gonna move on, is because I feel like you and I are very similar in musical taste and appreciation. That if the Millennium's yeah. looking to fill a guitar spot for some reason I know how to fucking play so you let me know I'm kind of on the same vibe as you here um and and we could get things going yeah dude send me a video on YouTube of you covering (laughs) one of your favorite songs by us and we'll definitely see what we can do it's kind of like my tryout okay I'll get down with that now Matt I'm gonna I'm gonna say we're we're the time frame that we're at is a little bit longer than what I told you in, in, in the email when we were first talking. So I'm sure the fans are loving it. I don't know if you are or not, but we've got one more segment here that we want to do. If you're cool with that, is, is that fine?
2: Uh, dude, I want to let you know that I, I am all yours. It's my one day off for like the next 12 days. So I just want to do this as best as possible. <laughs> and I'm enjoying our conversation.
3: Yes.
0: So I
2: would I would hope you are as well. We are. And no doubt. We are. And,
0: uh, and also, Matt, you know, we were talking off the air about this. Um, I know you've got nothing else going on tonight because after this episode, you're going to be looking up videos of uh, uh, apparently Chuck Berry doing some ridiculous things i don't want to talk about it too much on this podcast but, it's uh,
1: weird like he 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 pulls I, I don't want to go as far as to say bill cosby type stuff But people are still like yeah dude chuck berry's a let nobody's ever saying anything about him farting in hose mouths i don't know <laughs> listen it wasn't
3: bill cosby type stuff bill
2: cosby totally to situation i actually Absolutely. feel terrible because i used to watch Cosby show every night
3: yeah yeah however
2: yeah. chuck berry used to pay women of reasonable rate to <laughs> a reasonable unreasonable, rate. unreasonable things to do unreasonable things and that's all we'll say just google chuck berry doing unreasonable things for a reasonable rate i think you'll find what we're talking
1: about yeah currently. i love hearing him yeah, talk we'll, He's like you we'll, like to be clean girl we'll, we'll, i'll spray you down look
0: we'll we'll let we'll let the listeners find it on their own so we're not responsible for it but we know what what we're all doing yeah. after this um which is Googling just that. So, all right, uh, Matt, as we're transitioning toward the end of this phenomenal episode, I'm having so much fun here. I'm gonna be crying when it's over. I'm having fun too. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. We Thanks have for having me on. Thank you for being here. We have a new segment that was inspired by the band. So you all asked the question with the title of your debut full-length album, but do we ever ask ourselves? So, Brandon and I we're taking it upon ourselves. To ask you some random questions that filtered in through Facebook, Twitter, and even our own thoughts. So, are you ready for this segment, Matt? Can't wait. I will answer anything. I am an open book, and I am five beers deep.
2: So
0: <laughs> oh wow, minutes. you're you're ahead of us. I think we, we've got some whiskey accompanied with with our beer. Um, this episode. Remember, brought-
2: <laughs> remember though, I am in Wisconsin, and that's like a normal Tuesday. So remember that I'm in Wisconsin and it's diff- it's different here
0: You're right, you're right and, and you're an hour behind, it's five, you know the saying it's five o'clock somewhere Right now it's five o'clock here on the east coast It's only four o'clock for you though Matt So you gotta put like the pause right. button and on I, Right and I started at 2.30 so it's
3: five <laughs> o'clock
0: somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean Alright so we're gonna dive into this new segment We're gonna ask you a couple random questions here uh, and, and we'll see what the responses are. So, first off, Let's go for it. First off, Matt, what band are you jamming to the most right now? Current band.
2: Right now, here. I'm going to pull up my Spotify as we go. Ooh, and I'm going to pull up my... Okay, so right now, I am jamming to the Menzingers. Yes. Their new album, After the Party, has been absolutely incredible for me. Yes. It is totally captured how i feel as a 25 year old man in the music scene we had tom may on for
0: episode i think 19 if i'm remembering correctly uh from the menzingers recently so yeah
1: and you have brought the album up Uh, in numerous episodes since then too you love it it is great uh
2: the new record by A
0: Will Away Dude their Quit The album is here again You gotta be kidding me bro So we just had A Will Away on For uh Two episodes ago 36. Or was it last episode I love Love their new album Dude Love it Their new record They they
2: caught me with their single In like my release radar On Spotify I'm a Spotify slut And I, <laughs> I, I Yes you that are that. I know that a lot, a lot of band guys are like I only buy my music You know what no, I have. I illegally downloaded Online Wire for so many years because it gave me a great talent to make art that people enjoy now. Yeah. And so I do not regret it. I go to shows all the time. That's how I support the records that I like. Right, um, right. Bad Son's album, Disappear Here, mm. is.
0: One of I need my to listen to that recently. one.
2: Dude, it's so good. Uh, from start to finish, it is an incredible record. Uh, and then. I'm really heavily, like, impatiently awaiting the new record from The Main. Every single they put out kills me. Uh, I think Jono is who, I think I could be great friends with Jono. I'm like a fangirl. I'm not like a fangirl (laughs) at all, right? I, I don't care who makes the music. I just like the tune. But when it comes to the main i am like a little eight-year-old girl like i love the main so much i love the way that they organically grew and played music for themselves they at really
0: they are like the success story like they they were like the my. like in my opinion when i think of my space in bands i think of the main like they oh i mean they killed what do you think of that first record with that first record
2: with like everything I asked for into your arms, like that was a huge pop record. Yeah. They didn't 8 cover. That was fucking I huge. know. <laughs> but look, if you look at them moving forward, they slowly moved away organically from record to record to something that they are wanted to be, which in my mind is they love, I think they love 90s alternative rock. I think Third Eye Blind is a favorite band of all time. I think they also love Third Eye Blind. You could tell the way that John. O- spaces his lyrics and phrases his words that he enjoys Stephen Jenkins I can just tell I can tell it uh and I think that Third Eye Blinds I always jam Third Eye Blind, and they actually have a new my last thing for this segment is (laughs) they have a new um they have a new EP out uh that's really really great it kind of flew under the radar um it has one of the best songs I think they've ever put out uh, it's called We Are Drugs, and there's some company of strangers has really been something I listen to probably twice a day. Um, but Third Eye Blind's my favorite rec- my favorite band of all time. I that think that was my
1: next question was what's your favorite band of all time? So I'm going to skip that one since we know it's Third Eye Blind. He was ripping on me for talking about Guns N' Roses. Third Eye is his favorite band of all time. Sorry for the shade. Anyway, <laughs> next, uh, what's your favorite memory? <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite memory of <laughs> I'm, being?
2: I'm a your state, dude, I am, I'm a proud
1: third eye fan man. there you go there you go my wife uh would enjoy that but anyway uh what's your favorite memory of being in the millennium thus far
2: uh really great question um there are so many for different reasons uh my favorite show that we ever played was probably guns we've and roses played Tour twice yeah. we've yeah, we've opened for Guns N' Roses. That was her show. Uh, no. <laughs> so we um, we did Warp Tour like Battle of Bands and got it. We got it two years in a row. Um, but the first year was really special because it was our first year ever as a band. And we got to play our date. And I remember looking out in the crowd and seeing my friends who I used to go to Warp Tour with. And I remember telling these people that. I want to do that. And like pointing. And I remember telling them like, I want to play world tour. I want to be up there. And we had a great crowd when we played world tour and I just remember looking at them and smiling and like them being like, yeah, like, cause I did it, you know, like, that's a really fond memory I have. And there have been a couple shows afterwards. Um, we released an AP called Pine Hollow Sessions Uh, which was like a reimagining with live... We did a live reimagining with live strings and everything of our first EP and a cover of Let My Little Open the Door by Pete Townsend um, that we released a couple of years ago. But we did like a one-time only live release because all the string players, like literally the string players were leaving for Julia. They like got scholarships to Julia. They were leaving on March 5th. And so the only day we could ever do the show was March 4th. Uh, And we did a sold-out show in our hometown of our, like, reimagined acoustic EP with live strings. We had a conductor there, uh, an organ player. Like, we had, to, like, we extended the band by, like, fucking six people. And that show was really important to me because uh, it's one of, probably the project, um, other than this newest record, it's the project that I'm most proud of is that is that because, I mean, we have sheet music for our songs. Yeah, yeah, that's That's, that's incredible. incredible
0: to me. Yeah.
2: So, um, Matt, um oh, go ahead. No, that's. I mean, that's all I have to say.
3: That's, so that's,
2: I had nothing. I didn't know where I was going after that. So I'm glad you stopped.
0: Me. I'm here to save you, Matt. That's what I'm here for. Now, Matt, before we sign off, is there anything else you'd like to add or say to to the many loyal and really amazing fans of the Millennium?
1: Shamelessly plug yourself, brother.
2: I just want to say that whether it is your first day hearing about my band, the Millennium, or you have heard about us and supported us for the past two and a half to three years uh i just thank you so much um you guys all took me from a dead-end job at a kmart to a a wonderful touring history and i've been able to play shows across the country and it is only and fully because of the people who have supported us and i 100 percent appreciate it so much you gave me a life worth living and i will never forget that and i will always try my hardest to create things with you in mind and hope that you like them and never sacrifice my own artistic well-being for any type of label or anything like that if you like what we're doing it is only going to keep going and i'll never sacrifice that and i appreciate every single one of you individually please say hi at a show sometimes people say that i'm scared to talk to you i am not i'm sorry (laughs) if i'm intimidating sometimes I am probably the nicest guy you ever met. I am a straight-up poo-bear teddy bear. Please (laughs) talk to me. I want to meet you. I want to hear how my band affected your life, and I cannot wait to meet every single one of you who's new, and I cannot wait to see everybody who I've known. You guys are all my family. You're what I come home to. So thank you so much,
0: and we'll see you again. There we go. And before we did this interview, Matt, I actually talked to a bunch of your fans on Twitter just to get some insight from of their perspective. I like to hear from the fans about what they think about right. the band before I talk to them. And honestly, Matt, I, I'm not just blowing steam here. So many people said such great things about n- not just the band, but the people in the band, just your personalities and, and how much they respect you and what you do and, and how well you treat them. So that that answer there at the end here was extremely genuine and uh, we appreciate you uh, being yeah, so man. candid.
2: I, to be honest, my goal as an artist and as a person is to be completely authentic. I never want to be something I'm not. And even if my career takes a downstream because of that, I will never stop being authentic because I, can, I hate the idea of myself being somebody I'm not, just for a buck. And I cannot deal with that. Personally, my integrity cannot deal with that. So I will always try my best to be genuine with people. If I'm having a bad day, you'll know, but please talk to me, you can make my day better. Yes. In my opinion, all I have is myself. And if you like it, I can I can give you more of myself. And if you don't, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm not gonna be something I'm not for a, for a dollar.
1: And maybe no, that's, that's a good way I'm to broke, be, man.
2: But I I, I refuse to give myself up for more than what I'm worth. And all that I'm worth is probably $10 every three <laughs> years for you
0: to buy a record that I put out. Hey, Matt, you're worth a shit ton in our opinion here at the Spinning Thoughts Podcast. Your fans feel the same. We want to thank you so much for being with us here. Um, don't hang up when we end the recording. We want to talk off the air real quick but matt thanks for being here with us we really really appreciate it thank you man
2: thank you so much for having us
0: thank you for being with listening i appreciate it listen to third Eye Blind more your life will be changed (laughs) once again we want to thank matt from the millennium for being with us here on the spinning thoughts podcast it was a long one but it was worth it brandon what would you say Dude, I would say it was definitely worth it. I loved
1: everything that Matt had to say outside of the fact that he does not like Guns N' Roses. He
0: didn't actually say he doesn't like GNR, though.
1: He did not have to say that he doesn't like GNR. I got the vibe. Well,
0: they are no third-eye blind.
1: They're not a third-eye blind or a keyboard cat, for that matter. (laughs) Uh, If you have not checked out the Millennium's debut full-length album, but do we ever ask ourselves, that dropped on March 10th, 2017 Please check out the album. You're not going to regret it. You are going to love it.
0: While you're checking out the Millennium, make sure you're checking out the Spinning Thoughts podcast on Twitter at Spin Thoughts Pod, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can subscribe for free to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and really everywhere else. Our website is spinningthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com. Signing off from the Spinning Thoughts Podcast, this is Angelo.
1: And this is Brandon leaving you from the Spinning Thoughts Podcast World Music Megaplex here at Evergreen Studios. Keep on rocking out
0: with your peace out.